I think I think in our society we have this idea that being uncomfortable, we need to fix it immediately. And that's not necessarily what I think is good. It's like, hmm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. That doesn't mean anything needs to be fixed. It's like, let's just get curious about why you're feeling uncomfortable. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 73. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a super fun interview with a woman named Whitney Miller. Yeah, so Whitney is a pretty badass person. Yes. She is the former Miss USA 2012. She was also a professional wake surfer, a MMA fighter. She does jujitsu and martial arts, and she's traveled the globe on her own. Yes. So kind of lived a lot of lives in a very short 31, two-ish years, somewhere in there. <laughs> 30-ish years. 30-ish years. Good job. <laughs> so you'll also hear her mention the name Aubrey or Aubrey Marcus once or twice. Just so people aren't confused about who that is, she is the fiancé of, or her fiancé is Aubrey Marcus, who is the host of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. So if you want to hear more... the Aubrey Marcus show, I think. The Aubrey Marcus show, which is a podcast. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> it's a pretty well-known show. Check it out. It is. Yeah. Lots of great information. We listen to it. And that's actually how we found Whitney. Yep. So if you want to hear more from her after this... Uh, you can definitely find her on quite a few of those episodes. Plus, she is starting her own, uh, she's co-hosting a new podcast mm-hmm. with Dr. Wednesday Martin, who is the author of a book called Untrue, which yes. she talks about here. Uh, the new podcast is called True Sex and Wild Love. Yes. So it'll be out soon, uh, this week, next week, somewhere in there. Yes, and Whitney does dive into a lot of uh self-care and self-love talk, which uh, I think is helpful for all of us to hear. And it was really amazing to ha- to chat with her. So stay tuned. Before we get into that interview, we got a couple of announcements. As usual. But these ones are fun. Well, all of them are fun. Yeah, there's a big one. Our yeah. biggest announcement ever here in the intro. It is. But first, a couple other ones. You might have noticed our old music is back. Woohoo! Yay. So we've we've gone back and forth on this, and we've gotten some very strongly worded emails <laughs> recommending we return to the old music. We've even received bags of flaming dog poop on our doorstep. <laughs> I think you're a little bit uh, dramatic. So don't worry. We do have plans for all you haters of the old music. For the new music, there's some places we're going to use it at yes. some point. So, but from at least for the time being, we're going to stick with our whimsical, fun uh, music that we started with, and it will be who knows. It's a work in progress. Maybe in the future, we'll try again, change it again. We'll see, but it's all fun. The other thing we wanted to announce is we mentioned a while back with the whole starting a Patreon, our first live video Q and A 
is going to be next Thursday or July 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to be a part of that for as little as $2 a month, uh, you can go and check it out. And honestly, it doesn't charge you till the beginning of the month. You're so, not supposed to tell them that. So you could potentially <laughs> go and sign up and be a part of this first one. And if it totally sucks and you don't ever want to do it again, you can unsubscribe and you will never get charged. Yes. So don't, don't tell anyone I told you Asterix, that. Asterix, not supposed to know that part. <laughs> the, the next one is we're going to be at uh, another event on August 10th. And this one is a Club Euphoria foam party in Finlay, Ohio. Uh, so we're super excited about that. There'll be some and other... Is it in Finlay or in Lima? The event thing says Finlay. Okay. Finlay, Ohio. They're I also, should do my research. They're also right next to each other, I believe. Okay. Well, either way, it's in <laughs> in Ohio. Go and check it out. The links are in our show notes, as always, at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. We'll be there to phone party it up with Ray and D. We interviewed them a while back. Yeah, a while way back. back. So if you want to hear more oh, about them. They're close. Finlay they're close. and Lima are We got close the by. map up. We're looking at the map. <laughs> so go check out the episode with Ray and D. If you want to hear more about the awesome parties that they throw, Links in the show notes. Yes, that was an episode from last summer. I don't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but it'll be in the show notes. All right, it's time. Yes, okay. Here we go. So Finn and I have been chatting a lot, a lot, a lot over the last many, many months about being a little bit more transparent about who we really are. You know, Finn and Emma are pseudonyms, and, you know, moving forward, we do plan to continue using these names, um, but... Just because they're awesome names. Yeah, we just we and don't want to change that on anybody. Yeah, we don't want we don't want to confuse people. And honestly, there's a lot of people who may not have any interest in what we're about to say. So we will let them just believe we're Finn and Emma. Well, we are. We it's, are. We are. We're definitely Finn and Emma. We really don't hide much of our personality at all on this show. You you hear what who we are, but there is you know another part of us as we have alluded to and talked about. We did quit our jobs a year over a year ago and traveled in South America for a year. Yeah. So what we've decided to do is, uh, and actually we we have recently been coming out to friends and family and. We've gotten an amazing response. We we had, as we mentioned, we were at the World Domination Summit a couple of weeks back in Portland, and we told people about this project and our other project, and we got an amazing response. Yes. And same with our friends and everybody. So, And I think there's also been a lot of the people, or I know there's been a lot of people we interview, especially including Whitney, I should say, today's interview, that are a lot more public about who, who they are. And so we feel that it's important for us to, as part of normalizing it, to be also be a little bit more out about who we really are. Yeah. And, you know, the more people that are able to do this who are willing to do it, is is important i think to to come out we aren't in a position where we're gonna get fired i hope you're not gonna fire me and you're not gonna fire me i don't know Uh, some days i think (laughs) we both want to fire each other so you know we we have the privilege to be able to do this and not everybody does so we kind of feel responsible that we should kind of be willing to share who we are and so um basically what we are going to do is on the about us page there are going to be a few links to some websites and maybe another podcast Mm -hmm. or an Instagram page about basically everything we did last year. And it kind of lifts the veil off of who we really are. And we wanted to share that with people because 
that project's not going away. It's morphing into something bigger this year. It's on hiatus at the moment, which you'll you'll see if you look at the note at the links. But uh, it is coming back. And and this show, the Normalizing Non-Monogamy show, has been growing pretty steadily, and we've gotten amazing emails and amazing feedback from people that we've really helped a lot of people figure things out. And we kind of believe that the more transparent we can be, the more we can help more people. And that's really the whole goal of the show, is to help as many people as we can. And if this is something that we can do to do that, we're we're happy to do it. Yeah, hopefully it'll just allow people to relate to us a little bit more. Uh, and if you're not interested in checking that out, don't even bother. It doesn't matter. We're going to continue being Emma and Finn. Yeah, our show was doing nothing different here other than there may be more pictures of us doing things that we do. Yeah, and, we'll see as we go. And we are just going to kind of take it as it is and embrace it. So yeah. if you want to support us and go check that out, feel free if you don't. You can just keep listening, and we're going to do an interview. Yeah, I have one really quick thing to say. Um, we do have listeners that reach out, and they want to be a guest on the show, but they also are afraid of uh, being, I guess, uh, out about their identity as well. And so we do our best uh, for every show. We allow people to use pseudonyms. We don't post photos. We respect everyone's privacy. So obviously your voice is going to be recorded, and your voice is going to be part on the podcast, but everything else is completely anonymous. So um, just keep that in mind if you want to be a guest, but you're worried about your, uh, I guess, your privacy. We we definitely um, are concerned about that as well. And we want to make sure that everyone feels safe and is wanting to come on the podcast and not worry about that. Yeah. And keep reaching out because we've had some um, like amazing people in the last week or two mm-hmm. reaching out and we've got some kick-ass interviews coming up. But again, the more diversity we can show, whether it's uh, your, your sexual preference or your sexual identity, it doesn't like just the more variety, the better. Yes. So, Let's keep it going. We're super excited for the rest of 2019. Yes, we are. It's, it's only halfway through the year. We're super excited. Uh, as a reminder, you can find us. Our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And yeah, come. you can find the podcasts, the resources, and about us, and contact us all on that website. So now, let's go talk to Whitney, who, by the way, is in the Bahamas. <laughs> At the moment, well, at the moment of recording. So yes, she was in the Bahamas. Put on your... Uh, and we were freezing. Par- open your parasol umbrellas and enjoy. <laughs> we'll yes. see everybody on the other side. Well, welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks for taking some time out of your morning to talk with us. And uh, we've given you a little bit of an intro, but do you mind, for anybody who who's not real familiar with you, just telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. Uh, these are one of my favorite things to do. So this is perfect. Yeah. So I have a kind of a long life story, even though I'm, I'm young, but I guess pertaining to more so relationships and stuff. I, I was former Miss United States in 2012 and I handed my crown over in 2013. Then I went into fighting to kind of break the mold um, there because I wanted to challenge people outside of what the society norm of a pageant queen is supposed to be. Yeah. And that was a whole other life, right? Like going into fighting and dealing with the emotions and the physical of that. And then that during that time, that's when I met my partner, Aubrey Marcus. And we were, you know, monogamous, fully monogamous for 
two years. We split for about three months because he was interested in an unconventional type relationship. And I was like, nope, not going to do it. Can't handle it. I'm out. So I packed my bag and went backpacking for three months. And during that time, I had met somebody and realized, oh, wow, I can I can still be really interested in somebody and have a good time with them and want to explore that, but still very much so be in love with Aubrey. Um, so when I got back, we got back together and started down this very public, open relationship, unconventional relationship path. And I've kind of been documenting it and just, you know, spreading the message of this type of relationship and, you know, the challenges that inevitably come with it. And so course, now yeah. we've been together for about seven years and, and it's been one hell of a ride. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you were on the, on the trip, you, you sort of fell for somebody else, but you were still obviously in love with Aubrey. And that was sort of the moment where you, it kind of clicked that you're like, Oh, well, this is, this is something I can do. Yeah. To a certain extent, you know, for me, I think it's one thing. And for a lot of people, I think it's one thing to understand this type of relationship or anything in life logically. And then it's another thing to actually bring it into your emotional being and feel it and understand it and taste it. And so for me, you know, we read a bunch of books and we listened to podcasts and it was a conversation that we had on a uh, intellectual level, but I couldn't, I couldn't really understand it because it wasn't inside of me yet. So I met this guy who actually happened to be Aubrey's really good friend, which that was, you know, challenging at the time, <laughs> but it wasn't, it was more so we had like a connection. He was coaching me, um, in Muay Thai, you know, we had like this fun connection where we had some fun together. We hooked up a couple of times and then it was like, okay, great this is fun. Now I'm going to go home, you know? Right. Um, and so for me, it was just the real realization that you can have that and still be in love, super in love with Aubrey and that it doesn't take anything away from that relationship at all. Yeah. And so when you got back, I guess, how did the transition go from then having broken up to now you're back together and how did you start to define maybe the, the terms of the relationship? Cause I know a lot of people go through lots of iterations. They typically start off with a ton of rules, and then by the end of it, there's no rules. And I guess, right? How did how did it look for the two of you? Uh, about like that. <laughs> um, yeah, when we first started off, you know, it, it, I think people put so many rules on that on it because they want to try to control the situation. They want to try to know the unknown, and so we put all of these boundaries and all of these agreements on it. Which most of the time, yes, boundaries can create freedom. But at the same time, if you have so many boundaries and agreements placed on the relationship, you're basically setting yourself up for disappointment and, and you will have to revisit those at some point. And so that was just how it was for us. You know, he was already seeing somebody, he was already dating somebody. So it was, okay, we're going to get back together under this new type of relationship as primary partners. And so we we're in the full primary partner mode. You know, I'm, I'm living with him. I've lived with him. I moved in with him two months after, three months after I met him, you know? And mm -hmm. so it was just this, that's how it kind of worked. And um, I met the girl that he was um, seeing and we had a lunch and we talked about things and we didn't know at all what we were doing at the beginning. We had no clue. We, didn't, we weren't surrounded by anyone that was trying this out. We weren't doing anything. Like we just didn't have the community around 
us, which yeah. makes it way easier. Yeah. Um, so there's so no we more were, modeling any sort of this relationship style for you at all? No, not really. Not really. We had one of our really good friends, Dr. Dan Engel, um, he, but he lived across the country. And um, so there was really nobody in our close vicinity who we could look to for social proof. And that's, you know, one of the things that humans really need is, is that social social proof. Right. So we're like walking blindly through this path and it was super challenging. And like, at first we had a lot of rules. It was maybe you couldn't see somebody on this night or you couldn't talk to them after this time, or you couldn't, you know, and it was just all of these rules. And finally, as you go through this, you start to realize the more that you relax into it and the more that you realize, okay, what's truly important here? Is it putting rules on time? Is it putting rules on communication? Or is it really just putting, you know, an agreement that we're in this together and that I want to be your teammate and I want to support you. And as long as there's mutual respect and all of the relationships are serving each other in the highest way, then we're good. Right. Is that, is that kind of what you two found worked best for you is just to kind of let it be what it is and yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. And, you know, throughout that time, it was extremely challenging trying to get to that place. But it's also one of the things that taught me more about myself than anything ever has, because it is something that brings up all of your past stuff. It brings up any trauma or, you know, fears and securities, and it just heightens it and gives you a big magnifying glass, and you have to look at it. You're forced to look at it. Otherwise, you're just sitting there suffering. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. What, what, are some of the, what are some of the things you learned about yourself and maybe about your relationship with Aubrey through, through that process? So for me, it, you know, I think, because I do uh, coaching on this as well, individuals and couples coaching on kind of, on relationships. It started off as unconventional relationships and making a healthy transition into that. And now it's just relationships across the board because there's so much to be learned um, from non-monogamy to monogamy that there is no like finger pointing. It's like, we're in this together, actually. Like there's so much that we can learn from each other. And um, so that's kind of how that started. But the one thing that I say is like, if you're getting into this type of relationship an unconventional relationship, the number one commitment needs to be to yourself, like to be to yourself, to be interested in what's going to come up for you. Mm-hmm. Because if it, your number one commitment is to the relationship, it's going to hurt too bad. And so it's like, let me, let me want this uncomfortable feeling to come up to know more about myself first and foremost. Um, and so that's kind of like the mindset that I had going through it. And, you know, I come from a background of being extremely jealous in relationships and I was always very alpha and they couldn't talk to anybody else and they couldn't see anybody else. And I was the only woman in their world, you know, (laughs) and that never really worked out for me. It was always, I would wake up one day and I would feel bored or I would feel like there's something wrong with me because there's nothing wrong with the person laying next to me, but there's something wrong with me. There's something blocking me. And I didn't know exactly what it was. And that's what came up through this. And so I have, you know, abandonment issues and I have self-worth issues and I have self-love issues. And it's like, all of this brings that up and gives you the perfect opportunity to practice it and hopefully, you know, transcend it. But shit, it's a process, right? Right, It's it's something that like, 
yeah, no, it's not like you go to sleep one night and be like, oh, poof, I'm not afraid of you leaving me at all, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so for me, it's really just brought up all of like any self-limiting beliefs, any of my fears, any of my insecurities, and has helped me bring those to light. So they're, they're not dictating my life as much. Yeah. When you have those times, you know, that are really difficult and you feel jealous or feel um, emotionally unstable, I guess, how, how do you work through that? So at first, when we were right in the beginning of, of this, it was always, uh, I would go out and get hammered (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was 23 or four and I would just call my girls and be like, we got to go, you know, like I can't be at home by myself. Um, and then I soon realized that that was not the best way to handle it because you're not only dealing with the emotions that are coming up, well, you're not dealing with the emotions that are coming up one. So they're still going to be there the next time they come up, but two, you're going to be hung over the next day and you don't feel good. You're not going to be able to like fully have a fully connect with your partner and understand what's going on. So for me now, what I like to do is sit with it. I think, I think in our society, we have this idea that being uncomfortable, we need to fix it immediately. And that's not necessarily what I think is good. It's like, hmm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. That doesn't mean anything needs to be fixed. It's like, let's just get curious about why you're feeling uncomfortable. And for me specifically, I look into my physical body. So it's, am I feeling it in my throat? Is there something that I'm not saying? Am I feeling it in my heart? Am I afraid, you know, self-love? Am I afraid of his love being taken away or whatever? Or, um, or I'm not good enough or, you know, and then in my solar plexus is like trust. What is making me feel unsafe? It's not necessarily something that he's doing particularly, but it's something that is triggering something within me. And I want to know why. And so it's all about just getting really, really curious about any of the emotions that are, are coming up and not trying to fix them like that. Yeah. Have, has there been a time since you started doing going down this road with him that that the two of you have looked at it and said this this just isn't going to work and we've got to we've got to shut it we've either got to shut it off completely or we need to close our relationship back up or or once you went down the path was it just we're we're in it for the long haul uh it was both (laughs) you know we're in it for the long haul and i can't stand you (laughs) yeah (laughs) so which i think and that's the other thing right that's how most relationships are regardless of the container that you're in some days it's really easy and some days you're like what are we doing you know um so yeah there's been multiple times that we had to really look and revisit the relationship and be like okay are we on the same page here like are we are we really working towards the same things and for us, one of the big things is like having a similar mission and really like working on that together. Um, and that's something that I feel Aubrey and I have such a unique connection when it comes to that. Um, so that really helps keep us, you know, grounded and connected um, in that way. But there's always times to where you need to, that to where we have to revisit what's going on and, and let's, let's just take a beat and see what's happening. We've never fully closed the relationship because we're pretty good at working through things. And so, um, I think if something were to come up and it's like, it's more about how can we look at what's going on instead of changing the external environment? Like it's about how do we change what's going on between you and I, instead of the, you know, actual relationship. Now that being said, I, I think 
you know, being in this type of relationship is fluid. I don't think you have to be open forever, you know, or poly forever or monogamous forever. It's like right now, this is what's working for us. So let's figure out how we do that. And then maybe in six months or a year or three years, it won't. And we'll go back to something else. It's all part of that ongoing conversation, right? Yeah, always, right? (laughs) I mean, it's like communication at, it's like, top it you exactly. talk you know you can never stop <laughs> yeah no I, I love that you say that because that's something that that we've experienced for us too is like you know we've been we've had an open relationship essentially from the beginning but there's been months or or even years at a time where we haven't done any if, if you were to look at us and ask us what we did that year that was was open it's well, nothing uh, it was a monogamous year but yeah but it doesn't life. mean that all of a sudden we're just oh we're done with it and i think right. that it's it's really helpful for people to hear that that once you say okay well we're gonna try this it doesn't mean that like it's all day every day that's all you do right no it's just trying it on like if this is something that you're interested in i think one like made the commitment to yourself to be like okay i'm ready to look at my shit knowing that it's going to be challenging but it's also like let's try this on for now and see how it works. And then if you're like, I didn't like it. Cool. Close the relationship again. There's, there's really no one way, one size fits all, you know, it's so fluid and it's so in flux. It's just really figuring out how you can create the most optimal relationship specifically for you. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe now is not the time, maybe 10 years you want to revisit it and try again. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's no, like, there's no perfect way to do it. And really when it comes to, like you said, you guys have been, you know, y'all were in a monogamous relationship, but it's like the relationship doesn't need to be open. The only thing that needs to be open is the the conversation. Like you can, a lot of the times, even just as you guys know, I'm sure just speaking about your truth and speaking about your desires and maybe attraction to other people and even having the conversation surrounding open is like a pressure valve yeah 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 and it, and it gives us the ability to talk about things that that most people would be terrified to speak to mm-hmm. their partner about mm-hmm. and i think i think that's something that actually we were just talking about yesterday in terms of even just talking with our friends like the friends that we've met that we've been able to be open about it with just that connection is, is already you deeper. immediately have a closer relationship with them than you would anybody else just because it's yeah it's on the table yeah it's so true. That's that's one of the things that I talk to my clients a lot about is, you know, that's one of the questions that come up a lot. How, if I want to tell my family or I want to tell my friends, how do I do that? And for me, it's like, you, you one, you don't have to. Like, don't feel obligated that you have to tell anybody what your relationship is. Right. But if you're interested in it, it's realizing that just being able to bring that up to them can actually deepen the relationship and deepen um, the conversation that you're able to have with those people. And, it, and I think for me, it's like, okay, this is this is who I am. And if you want to know more about me and you want to be closer into my life, I just wanted to share this with you. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to support it. It doesn't mean that you need to understand it. Right. But this is just me, you know, bringing you closer in because you're, you're important to me. And I want you to know what my life is kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when you went through that, because uh, I'm assuming most people in your life know at this point. Because <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, have, did you receive a lot of pushback from family and friends? You know, not not too much. Um, I've always been the type of person that uh, I do what I want to do, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's it's you, I try not to, 
you know, get too involved in what other people are thinking. But um, particularly with my father, I grew up with my dad. He's a conservative Texas banker. I'm his only daughter. And so, of course, I'm in an open relationship and it's like completely different. And so for him, I finally just sat down and I basically said what I said to you guys. Like, I just want to bring you closer in and let you know what's going on because we are public about it. And it was, it's been, I guess that probably had to be four years ago now that we had this conversation. And at first it was, oh, you guys have absolutely no commitment to each other. You can do whatever you want. What about STDs? What about this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hey, I get it. Like, I understand you have all of these questions. If you want to like have an open conversation about it, I'm more than willing to, you know, but I'm not going to sit here and, and listen to your fears come up about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was challenging, but now, like we were talked about earlier, social proof, like now that he sees our relationship has been really good and strong for seven years now, it's, it, he's starting to say, Oh, interesting. Like I yeah. see what's going on here. Something's starting to like click. And for him, it's like, if you're happy, that's all that matters. And same for my friends, you know, my friends at first didn't understand it. Um, but then now seven years later, they're trying it in their own relationships and giving it a go there and having these deeper conversations. And so it's really, I didn't really get a lot of pushback. It was more just saying they don't understand. And then you give it a little bit of time and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. You got something good going on here. You know? Well, like they watch your relationship. They see how it unfolds and they're like, okay, well, this might be hard, but maybe it's worth exploring. <laughs> At least having right. the conversation. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was curious. So you, you and Aubrey were together for a little while before you took a three month break and then you got back together. So you, you had sort of a baseline of like, this is what our relationship is like when it's not open. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you open it. Did you see a shift like, just between the two of you from that time when you were closed to the time where you open and, and maybe have, have other people seen that shift and said, okay, well, I see a, a happier, better Aubrey and Whitney versus what I was seeing before. So this, this must be doing something for them. Yeah, I, I would say there was definitely a shift. You know, I think in the monogamous container, both of us were a little restless, you know, but we were kind of, we were living together. We were talking about marriage. We were talking about babies and we were just talking about doing exactly what, you know, we were supposed to be doing basically. Um, and Aubrey actually came from the idea that men were supposed to, men naturally had harems. Right. And so that was kind of like his mindset until he read sex at dawn and that kind of switched everything up for him. And so once that changed, he's like, Oh wait, this isn't, this isn't how it's, how it's meant to be. And I don't feel like that's how it's meant to be for me specifically. And so that's how it kind of came up. And so even though I understood, like I said, even though I understood it logically, and even though I was restless in the relationship, and even though I was restless in a monogamous relationship my entire life, I had never been, you know, I, I, like I said, a year and a half into it, I would end the relationship because what else are we going to do? You know? Um, so then we moved forward and, and the sex got better. The communication was more open, the, the honesty that we had with each other. And so I think inevitably it brings you closer with your spouse if it's done in a healthy way, because it is just, it is very, very challenging, but it can, it can 
really just be such a beautiful and freeing experience. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we agree. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm curious that what you are both fairly public figures and what made you decide to bring this also, like share this part of your life with everyone? You know, I think it, it was because, well, there's a couple of things. When we first started doing it, it, we were doing it basically for ourselves. We did. We just wanted to figure it out for us. Um, there was a moment, and during that time, I said I didn't want anyone to know. I wanted it to be like under the under the table, like be very hush hush about it. But Aubrey had gone on a date with somebody, and uh, one of like an acquaintance of ours saw him and was basically like, "Oh, bro, don't worry, I got you. You know, I'm not going to tell Whitney." And so for him, he was like, oh, I don't want people to think that we're lying. I don't want people to think that you don't know what I'm doing or that I'm cheating or any of this. And so that's when we decided to open up about it and be public about it. And then it, it kind of just opened up from there being like, look, I want to be able to give people another option, right. you know, because we're born into this world and we're basically given one option, which is monogamy for the rest of your life. And if that doesn't work for you, which most of the time it, it, it's incredibly challenging and it seems to not be working for a lot of people. And so giving somebody another option of being like, hey, it's okay if you want to be monogamous and it's okay if you want to be open. There's multiple options for you to choose from. Um, but just being able to have that choice instead of feeling like they ha- they have to be one way. Right. right. Yeah, and so, something I kind of picked up on when we, when we've talked about this, and when you've talked about it in the past on other platforms, you always refer to it as an open relationship. And I know a lot of people go and say, "Well, we're polyamorous, or we're swingers, or we're this, or we're that." And you you've sort of gone for this blanket term of just we're we're open. I guess do you mind talking a little bit about that and what what those different terms mean to you and why you've why you and Aubrey have gone this this path and I guess how it looks for you today versus seven years ago. Yeah. You know, labels, I feel like are always constricting regardless. So like we're probably more polyamorous, but it's just easier to say open because some of our relationships are more sexually based. Mm -hmm. Some of our relationships are very deep and have multiple years behind them. Um, so I think it's just easier, honestly, just to say open as opposed to instead of putting myself in one box or the other, it's just like you said, like a blanket statement of being like, this is an open relationship or an unconventional relationship. Um, there's an infinite possibility throughout any of those, you know, any way that you express that particular label. And, you know, for us, it's, it is more technically polyamorous. I have another boyfriend who I've been with for a year. I'm, I'm here in the Bahamas with him now. And, um, he has another, um, partner as well. He's, he's been with for two years. Um, and so there's, we have deep relationships that we continue to build and grow. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's not always a deep emotionally connected like, you know, multi-year relationship. Sometimes it's, you want to have some fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the exciting part about it. And something that we've sort of come to is that it's, you know, a lot of times if people, you hear people say like, oh, well, we're swingers. So, you know, there's no getting feelings for people and there's no falling in love. And if you're in the polyamorous side, it's like, well, we don't just hook up with people. 
but you know opening it to your yourselves up to be like well i'm gonna if i meet somebody i want to be able to do whatever makes sense with that person i don't want to miss out on a an opportunity because it wasn't going to fit this mold and i I know. I think that's something that we've come to the realization for ourselves. Right. Well, and by labeling yourself as being open, then you have, you invite people to ask you more about that. Like you you can ask you and you can explain, this is, this is what it looks like for us, but it may not look like that for everyone else. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that goes for anything in life, right? (laughs) So it's just, it's just really figuring out what works for you personally. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that there might've been one or two, uh, speed bumps along the way (laughs) or like 17,000 but yeah (laughs) or do you mind talking about uh like maybe some of the bigger ones or one or some of the more revolutionary ones that you and Aubrey or that you were able to work through on your own like what what they were and yeah how you kind of overcame or even with other partners yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah I mean there's a there's a few that kind of like come to mind I think maybe because this is coming to mind because it's the most recent um, within the past year is Aubrey dealing with the emotions of me falling in love with somebody else. And that's always the biggest thing. Oh shit. What if she falls in love with somebody else? Or what if he falls in love with somebody else? And that is scary, right? I mean, it does bring up all of those abandonment issues for me and, you know, for him as well. Yeah. But it's really like, being able to be like, okay, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm feeling. And this is, I want to be able to create a relationship that's optimal and fun and loving for everybody involved, you know? And so how do we do that? And it, it was, I remember getting to a place I was at, we were at Burning Man last year and that's when, um, I had met my other partner, Ricky, a while before that, but that was like the first time that we had like a full on real connection. I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is magical. And, um, and I just got to a place where I like could not talk. I was just like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Like I just need, I just could not talk. And so finally after that, we, me and Aubrey sat down and we're like, let's take it down to a a zero state and let's have a full, open, honest conversation about things in the past, things, you know, attractions, people who are in the field, what's going on with Ricky. How are you feeling about this? When do you want to see him? Like just lay it all out there and let's see where, we can, you know, make this work and see how we can all come together and create a a fun relationship for all of us. But it was extremely hard. And it's been, you know, that was a process. It wasn't like we had one conversation and then it was okay. It was a process that he has to, you know, overcome for a while. And then the other big one back in the past was there was a woman who came in to our relationship and she was more so on the side of destruction, right? So she she wanted to manipulate and lie through the situation. Um, and so that was really hard because it was, I had to give Aubrey the space to at least be able to see that. Yeah. And so I had to take a step back and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And yeah. I need to give you the space to explore that so you can know for yourself. Right, because if you come at it and you're like, she's lying, she's doing this, she's doing that, he's immediately going to get defensive, defensive. and shut down and yeah. say, oh, you just don't like her. You just don't. Right, yeah. which is what happened. At first, it was like, how can you not see what's going on, right? Um, and then it was like, look, if 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 you need to 
explore this and you need to go down that path to really understand it, then I'm going to give you that space and that grace as much as I can, the best that I can to do so. So you have the answer for yourself because I can't come up with the answer for you. I can't tell you what is going on for sure. You know, it's, it's either him receiving it or, you know, making a different decision. So it's just, just being able to like give grace and fluidity through the entire process. Yeah. I think that's, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, so on our podcast, we like to ask our guests about safety and uh, sexual health and how how people approach that in an open relationship. And we like to try to promote that message that it's okay to have that. It's really good to have those conversations. And how do you approach that with your relationship with Aubrey and also with your other relationships and keep yourself, I guess, physically and sexually safe? Yeah. So I think this is a necessary conversation. I don't think it's a conversation that um, you can't have. Right. To be honest. Exactly. Um, And it's funny, you know, people, that's one of the things that people like to knock on or, or pinpoint when you're in an open relationship. Oh, you're just going to get STDs. Oh, what about this? What about that? And it's like, I am way more safe now in this container than I was single. Like, let's be real. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm not only looking out for my own sexual health, I'm also looking out for Aubrey's sexual health health, and Ricky's sexual health and then their partner's sexual health. So we're all in this kind of, um, you know, relationship together. So sexual health is very, very important. And the other thing is it's an adult conversation. It's not that hard to have It's you standing up in your power, being like, look, this is really important to me and it has to be a part of this. Um, So for us, it's pretty black and white. It's um, if you're with a new partner and you don't know their sexual status, you use a condom, you practice safe sex. Um, If you plan on seeing them multiple times, you can and decide that you don't want to use a condom and you are are um, confident in what they're also doing is you get tested and you show your papers. Um, so there isn't any gray area there. It's, we see the papers, we know the test results. Obviously there's always a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of risk involved, you know, because there is trust that comes in, but hopefully when you're intimate with a partner like that, there is, there's that trust and you can trust that they're showing you the appropriate papers. Um, but it's even like for Ricky and I who've been together for a year, you know, if you are with somebody else, you use a condom. If you didn't use a condom or something happened, you get tested and you show your papers and that's just it. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's fun when we talk to somebody who's just very black and white about it and it's just, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And it's, and it's not negotiable. And I think. No. Yeah. And it just, honestly, that makes it easier, right? Cause you're not wondering like, oh shit, how are they going to handle this conversation? Or what about this? Or like, there is no gray area to try to play around and create stories and assumptions around. It's just like here, this is, here's one of the boundaries that really can create freedom for you. It's like, this is really important to me and this is how it goes down. Yeah. And there's not another option. Yeah. Right. You want to have sex with me, you're going to get tested, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no other option. And that's, that's really, we, we firmly agree with you, I guess. And it's, there should be, it has to be a conversation. Yeah. 
Exactly. And usually it's a really easy conversation. I think we have so much taboo and stigma around STDs and what, what does that mean? And that it's like, sometimes it's really not that hard. We create this scenario that's way harder than actually yeah. just having the conversation. Yeah. And, and oftentimes this, the stigma around having something is way worse than the, the actual physically, the physical symptoms of that. And I think it's also I think you once you get into the space, you realize that it's if you say I have HSV one or HSV two or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden nobody's going to talk to you and your your sexual life is over. And I think that's that's another big misunderstanding is that a lot of times when those conversations happen and that comes up, people are like, "Great, thank you for telling me. Now we can do this, this, and this to help increase our safety, decrease our risk, and then things go on." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. That's that open communication again. You know, it's just keeping all of the conversations as open as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I was curious. So we, one thing we also like to, to kind of touch on is it can, you know, there can be some very serious conversations along the way, but we've also found there's some pretty funny things or some sort of bloopers, whether they were sexual or just miscommunications, things that have happened along the way that you look back on and they're just, you laugh at them. And I was curious, is there something that has happened to you or because of you that you look back now and it's just a a funny story that you like to share? No, I mean, that is, it's honestly such a good question and I love it. Um, I think like, I know there's some damn bloopers because now I'm best friends with the girl that he started dating Mm-hmm. Okay, back when, um, at the very beginning. At the very beginning. So when we first met, we were like, mm, we don't really want to hang out with each other. I don't really like you. But now we're full best friends. And, like, we hang out all the time. She's, like, my my homegirl. Are they and still so, dating? No, no. They've been kind of, like, on and off. And then as of recently, they decided they're not still dating. Uh, but even, like, through that, she reaches out to me for, like, relationship help with them, right? Because I care about them as, as partners, you know, and I, and I, I want the best for them because she's my best friend and he's my partner. And so like, I want them to feel love. And so mm-hmm. how can I support that? Um, and so I know there's just been like some funny stuff that had to happen with her. I don't know if I can give you an answer on this one. No, I mean, that's okay. Cause I think maybe you touched on something there that is, is also important to talk about is your, your relationship or relationships with metamors and, and how you handle those. Cause it sounds like you went from like, don't talk to me to, Hey, we're now, we're best friends. And, (laughs) and that that has now transcended, you know, Aubrey's relationship with her. Mm -hmm. And so now there's probably, I mean, that's a whole different story. Now they're not together, but you two are basically together. And now he's got to see his, his essentially his ex-girlfriend hanging out with his fiance. And I think (laughs) that that can mess with somebody's head, right? Yeah, you would think so, but I I feel like we've been in this for for so long that it doesn't like he understands our you know our relationship, and uh, he still loves her very much. It's just like they needed to take the sexual component out of the relationship for a while, um, and so yeah, we I think what what the deal was was because we were constantly having those deep conversations with each other and having those really uncomfortable conversations with each other that we couldn't sweep anything under the rug. And so that's really brought us closer. And then at first, like you said, there was a lot of resistance. We didn't want to hang out. We didn't want to talk about anything. Let's pretend like each other aren't there. 
But then we realized the more that we could be collaborative through this journey, the easier it was. And then probably at like year three or so is when we're like, wow, we actually really like each other. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, like I said, I go to her for support and she comes to me for support. And it's, I think it's because we removed all of those layers that kind of prevent you from connecting with somebody, um, throughout the entire relationship. And that's the other thing that I've learned through open, honestly, is I always had a really hard time connecting with women. I was always extremely competitive, um, growing up, uh, never really had any girlfriends. And then I started doing, we, I, we ventured into this open relationship and I, it taught me to, that I could be close with women and that it was okay. And that it was a safe place. And now being able to remove those layers and understand it a bit more allowed me, now I have the closest, most awesome group of really, really strong female bonds. And that is something that I'm so incredibly grateful for because it's something that nourishes me and it, I couldn't imagine not having them in my life. And I truly believe it's because I started working on myself through this unconventional relationship. Right. And just started to try to remove some of that jealousy and competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's something that, that you've. Oh, yes. I can relate to that <laughs> a lot, too. I mean, like, I have I have many friends that are women as well, but uh, it you got the, my closest ones know a lot more about me than my, the more, I guess, um, not as close ones. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase that, but yeah. I think that's, I think that's normal and, and true for everybody, right? right? We have our super close friend circle that knows absolutely everything. And then we have a little bit wider, our, our acquaintances that maybe hang out with every once in a while and then it goes wider and wider and wider. Exactly. Yeah. 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 When, when you were starting to, to dive into this and, and it was becoming a reality that this is what, this is how it was going to be. Did you start, searching out resources that, that were going to looking for information, right? You talked about, there was sort of a, an information gap at the beginning. And well, you mentioned sex at dawn, you so mentioned sex at dawn. Yeah. Were there, were there other resources that you found along the way that, that were very helpful for you? Yeah. You know, yeah, for me, it was one of the things that I do like to talk about when it comes to that is, is surrounding yourself with people who will support you through the challenging times and won't, basically put your partner down or put your relationship down because a lot of the times in society today, unfortunately we tend to bond over things that we don't like, you know, over negativity. And so finding people who play the opposite side of that is like, I see your feelings are here, but why don't you think of it this way and give you a different perspective was incredibly beneficial for me. And we had one couple, um, close to us who I reached out to multiple times just to kind of like, get that other side of the perspective. Cause I knew I could go to my girlfriends earlier on and they would just, we could sit there and gossip and talk shit and bond over that, you know, yeah. and everything that's not good. Um, but then I could go to them and be like, okay, like give me the opposite side of this. So at least I have both sides of the spectrum so I can make my own decision on what feels right. Um, but yeah, I think having resources is huge. And so sex at dawn was a big book for us. Um, the ethical slut is always a great book. The mastery of love, it's not, you know, pinpointed on unconventional relationships, but I feel like the, the idea behind it is huge. Um, more than two people really like now, I think, um, you know, I'm coming out with a podcast with Dr. Wednesday Martin, 
who wrote the book Untrue. Mm-hmm. That was a huge book for me to read, one of my favorite books, and um, I highly, highly recommend that. We're and actually in the middle of reading that right now, and it's oh, very great. good. Be- because <laughs> of the interview we saw on, your, on, yes, on because... Aubrey's show with you and her. So. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I remember reading that book just like, oh, thank God you wrote this. <laughs> well, and it was something that you said early on in, in this that, you know, that, that book is loosely about how women are, tip, not not always the unfaithful ones, but how women are also, the, the, like the percentage of women who are unfaithful in relationships is roughly equal to, to men. And it's just not ever really publicized in that sense. And you talked about early on, like you would date somebody for a year or a year and a half, and then you'd kind of get restless and then you'd move on because what else am I going to do? It doesn't sound like you necessarily had the like I cheated on everybody I was with, but you sort of. Oh had... no no no! I cheated on everybody I was with. Okay, well I guess I was wrong then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, and that's something that I honestly want, like I want to talk about because there is such a stigma around people and infidelity and cheating, and it's it's kind of drives me crazy because so many people have yes been affected by it, and I know it's really challenging and it's hard. I get that. And I don't want to take that away from anybody because I've also been cheated on. So I understand, but we, I, I feel like it's challenging. What drives me crazy is people that point fingers at the other person, you know, like you are so horrible that you cheated on somebody else. When you look at the statistics and it's just mind blowing how, how many people are really having an issue with monogamy. And I think it comes down to that. It doesn't come down to the morals or the beliefs of the individual it comes down to like what's the bigger issue here you know the bigger issue is that monogamy seems to be a really tight shoe for a lot of people um and so that that's why for me it's like yes i've cheated on basically everyone that i've ever been with um and i don't think that there is a problem with that. I feel like you need to go and look at why you're doing it because it's not your partner. I don't blame any of my partners for it. I had my own jealousy and, you know, approval and validation. And I had all of these things coming up in myself that I needed to look at and understand why I was searching out other people. Um, And so that's why I feel like getting into an open relationship was like, okay, here's your opportunity to really figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that because we've we've had a handful of guests who they've gotten into this strictly because one or the other person cheated on somebody else. And actually the two that we've had out so far, it was both the, the women had an infidelity and it wound up opening up their relationship. And now they're either polyamorous or they're swinging or they're open. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's a, it's a story that we really love to tell because rather than it just being the end of the relationship, it's the beginning of something new for them. Yeah. It can be an expansion. You know, if you allow it to be understanding that this is something very, 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 very common that happens and have the understanding that, okay, this can open up our communication with each other. And this can be actually an expansion of our relationship. It doesn't mean that our relationship has to end. It doesn't mean the family has to break up. It doesn't mean that the person doesn't love you more than anybody else in the world at all. This can be the moment to where it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's really sit down and talk with each other here. Like, let's be real from heart to heart, not what 
not the masks that we've put on over the years, but like what's really going on inside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we're kind of coming up on the, the end here and I'm hoping that maybe at some point in the future we could do this again or maybe do like a, a round table with you and a few other people and, and maybe just talk about that topic itself. Cause I think it's such a big one. It is. And, yeah. And, yeah. I think it is for sure. But, I have a really quick question. Okay. Um, back, you said you took a three month break after your two years with Aubrey and you went backpacking. Where did you go? Uh, well, it started off being, it was supposed to be a one month trip. And then I was like, screw it. I'm not coming back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Or after a breakup, yeah. my boyfriend wants to be with other people type of deal. Right. Um, I got to go get away from all of that. Right. Exactly. So I started off in Peru and I did, uh, my first Wachuma ceremony down there. So I was there for seven, uh, yeah, seven nights and then kind of went to the sacred Valley, checked it out there. Then I just looked to see where the furthest direct flight out of Lima was, and it landed in Madrid. So I landed in Madrid, and I did Madrid and Barcelona, and then I went to um, Thailand to train Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu because I'm big into martial arts, and I did that for an entire month. Um, then I met some really close friends of mine who are still friends of mine to this day. I met them at the gym and they were going to Bali and, and said, Hey, do you want to come to Bali with us? Okay. Yeah. So I went to Bali for a couple weeks. Um, and then I was supposed to go to South Africa, but I ended up getting dengue fever in Bali. So I had to go back to the States and that kind of like ended the trip, but it yeah. was, it was the most amazing trip I've ever done. And it was the first time that I traveled completely by myself, just was like, open to any experience that came Mm -hmm. along the way. I didn't know exactly where I was going to go. Um, and I just had my one backpack with me and it was, it was, I, even though, you know, going through that breakup and, and knowing the heartache that I was really feeling, I would never change anything because I would have never had that experience. And I feel like being able to travel by myself and meet those people and have those experiences changed my life for the better. Yeah. Do you think you'll do it again? Oh, yeah. I, I travel by myself. Ever since then, I have to travel by myself at least once or twice a year. Okay. Like, just take a week, go somewhere. Pro- usually, I've never been. I usually don't speak the, the language um, and just go. And, and and for me, that's just such, it's such medicine to just be a little bit uncomfortable and try new things and, and you know, see new people and yeah, that's, that's one of the big things. And I think honestly for women, I think that's a huge, a huge tool that we can use to just cultivate our own power and our own voice and really like start to open up to who we, to the fullest potential of ourselves. Um, and so maybe it's a night somewhere by yourself or maybe it's a weekend or maybe it's a three month trip. Like I did, (laughs) you know, it's, it's kind of whatever feels right to you. Yeah. Yeah. We're fellow travelers. We love traveling. So I just uh, had cool. to ask that question. It's, it's such yeah. a life-changing experience to get out and see other cultures. And like you said, be put in uncomfortable situations and have to figure them out and be okay with that uncomfortability. Right. So. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like, I mean, you have stories that bring back with you, right? At the end of the day, you have funny stories. You can relate with more people. It's just, yeah, exactly. it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And it, and it makes you way more empathetic. you know at home when you see you know somebody from another country struggling in your country to order food at the restaurant or do you know do things and you're much more willing to be like let me help you 
rather yeah. than just like, come on, man. I'm trying to get through my day here. Yeah. All right. You're holding that. up the Starbucks yeah. line. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but you've, right. got, you've been in their shoes many times. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes you think so, twice and help, want to help. It's so true. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to get out into the world that I know you have your own microphone, megaphone, but <laughs> if, if there's something that you wanted to impart upon our listeners before, before you're off, uh, go for it. Um, yeah, I think I just want to talk about a little bit about the, the podcast that I'm doing with Dr. Wednesday Martin. It's yeah. called true sex and wild love. And we already have a bunch of episodes in the, in the tank, but we haven't released yet. Um, and that's all about, you know, sex, love relationships, women's empowerment, anyone that's kind of like pushing the boundaries. We have a lot of great guests, um, coming out on that. And then also, you know, I'm doing the individuals and couples coaching. So if anyone's interested in kind of diving further into that, and like I said, my goal is to help people create whatever their optimal relationship is outside of everyone else's. Okay. Um, and you can just email me, you can go on Instagram wit in love or email me Whitney in just the letter in L O V E okay. at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Well, we'll make sure we put those in the, the show notes. Yeah. Um, and do you have an idea of when the podcast might launch? Should be within a month. I'm hoping Okay. we're working on the podcast, um, cover art right now. So cool. perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you again for your time and enjoy the Bahamas. And if, if uh, Ricky wants to take us to the Bahamas, just let him know we're always, <laughs> we're always available. I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> and have a, have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. You guys too. Welcome back, Jenny. What? <laughs> That's not your real I'm name. I'm just making up names. I'm just making up fake real names for you now. <laughs> How'd I do? I don't know. I, don't I, do, even, I, was trying to, I was trying to think of one to call you, but I don't even Kevin. Kevin. Ross. Ross. That was even better. Ross. Why do I do this to myself? Chandler. Why do I do this? Well, anyway. thank you, Whitney, for taking the time out of your vacation to sit with us and chat a little bit and share a lot of the stuff you did. It was it was pretty vulnerable, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. And hopefully, people have found it useful. Yeah. I, I hope so. This is a really fun episode to do. So, and actually all of them are, by the way. You sound, you sound like it. You sound no. like me over there. I know. Robo, <laughs> Robo Finn. Uh, but we wanted to mention a really quick resource. Uh, we wanted, the one we wanted to mention is stdcheck.com. If you are someone who uh, doesn't like to talk to your doctor about um, trying to get STI panels. This is can be an awkward conversation. The website, oh, as you'll hear next week in our interview. Yes, yes, so, it can. If you're not convinced now, you'll be convinced then. Uh, but go to sdcheck.com and you can follow the links on our resources page. This does support the show, so we strongly encourage you to go to the links on our resources page to go to the site. It saves ten bucks, and it also saves ten bucks. However. Exactly. If you don't have the money to do that and you live in one of the cities where freestdcheck.org operates, yes. check them out because the whole point here isn't to make money. It's to get you tested and your partners tested and be safer. Yes. So, and spread the word. Spread the word. Don't spread the no. anything else. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> I wasn't even planning for that. I was. Anyway, next week we have another interview. Surprise, surprise. Um, this one is going to be with uh, Susie and Jay. Yes, awesome people. Uh, fairly new, but also quite uh, experienced in such a short amount of time. Yeah, they've had Maybe a lot of... Maybe that's the best way to say Yeah, that. I'd say that. It's a, it's a positive thing. They've it had is a, a lot of... This was not a negative thing, Jay and Susie. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, thank you for listening to us ramble. Thanks for all your support, and we look forward to next week yeah. and everything else we've got going on. Yes, and we're excited. Oh, really quick, if you missed at the top of the show, our Patreon date for the first live uh, Q&A is going to be Thursday, July 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So we'll check it out. You. We'll see you there. We'll see everyone there, we hopefully. We expect to see you there. <laughs> and reach out to us. We really love to hear from everyone. We'll okay. see you there. Finn's going to shut me up now. I, I've never been able to in the past. <laughs> what? You're the one talking a lot. Okay, bye, everyone.